in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We'll read verse 3. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. And verse 8. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. And then Psalm 30. Psalm 30 and verse 5. And then Psalm 30 and verse 5. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Second half of 35. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And we bow with the simple word of prayer. Lord, we commit this time into your hands. Lord, we entrust um, the words that we will share to you. Lord, we ask that you speak to each one of our hearts. So we'll ask for the anointing, for the speaking, and the translating, and the hearing. Lord, that these may not just be the letter of the word. Lord, but that these words may be life to us. Lord, speak to us what concerns your heart, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Uh, brothers and sisters, do we ever wonder why sometimes we feel like we are going through a long night? We know that in recent months, we have experienced, uh, many brothers and sisters have experienced some very difficult circumstances. Somehow it feels like a very long night. And we wonder, is it supposed to be this way? At this time, oftentimes we are tempted to think, oh, it must be the judgment of God. We must think, we must be doing something wrong. It must be God's retribution. But brothers and sisters, that is a wrong thinking. God is a God of love. God is a God of purpose. Certainly, when we sin against God, there is the judgment hand of God. 
But brothers and sisters, hopefully we can glean from the word of God. That we want when we go through a night, that it's in the plan of God. Why is it that the Lord then allows us to experience the night? We read in Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may last for the night. But a shout of joy comes in the morning. So, brothers and sisters, so even though there was weeping in the night, in the morning there is joy. From this we know that God's purpose is not the night. It starts with the night. But the the goal is the day. And we will hopefully spend this morning to uh, go through that. How do we know that? In Second Corinthians chapter four and verse six. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Here Paul tells us that God was the one who said light shall shine out of darkness. Uh, so God's purpose is not the darkness. <coughs> but maybe through the darkness that the light may shine forth. And here Paul continues on. He has said he is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Before we came to before we came to know the Lord, our hearts were filled with darkness. But thank God that one day His light shone upon our hearts. But that light is not just to shine upon our hearts. But what is the end? Give the light of the knowledge so that to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. It's not just a little light. The end goal is that we could see the glory of God in the face of Christ. So we all know the experience of Paul. We know that on the way to Damascus, he saw a great light. And that was not just a light. That light was an expression of the glory of of God. In the face of Christ. If you were to ask Paul, what's the definition of glory? He will tell you, it's Christ himself. Glory is a person. So, brothers and sisters, so we know God's end is that there may be the glory of Christ expressed. That He may fill all and in all. 
So we know that's God's end. So we know that the end is not darkness. But we know the end is that the glory of God may be manifested. So in the past few weeks and months we've been sharing on this matter of sonship. And we talked about the fact that sonship is nothing but uh, children growing unto maturity. In the words of Romans in Paul in Romans chapter 8 to be glorified. In Romans 8.20 to be conformed to the image of Christ. So we know that that is sonship. We know that is glory. But brothers and sisters, now we want to ask the question, what is that process? So Paul also tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. So here Paul tells us that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Now, if we are part of God's work, and if we are to be conformed to the image of his son now Paul says we are a new creation that must tell us that the old creation should give us a hint about the new creation how it is in the old creation it should also it should be a picture of the new creation so brothers and sisters that's why we want to come back to Genesis chapter 1 and we are all very familiar with that portion of the scriptures in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Um, and then we go on to read. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And then God separate and God thought that the verse four and God thought that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. So we know that's the first day. And then we know on the second day, God made an expanse and separated the waters from above from the waters below. And then the third day, water was gathered into one place and dry land appeared and vegetation appeared. And then the fourth day. Now, no longer was just light and day that was uh, uh, separated, but now you saw something very concrete in the sun and the moon to give the light by night, day, and then the light by night. And then, the, and then the fifth day, water teems with living creatures and the birds in the air. 
，那各样的飞鸟也有这个呃呃爬，就是各各各样的动物。And then the sixth day, the earth filled with living creatures, cattle, creeping things, and beasts of the field. Uh, verse 24. And then, of course, God made man. And then on the seventh day, God rested. But as we come back to Verse 24. Uh, sorry, sorry, to verse 24. So we read here that not only did the earth were filled with animals. Uh, verse 26. Then God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." 神说：“我们要照我们的形象，按照我们的样式造人，使他们管理海里的鱼、空中的鸟、地上的牲畜和全地并地上所爬的一切昆虫。” And God created man in His own image, and the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. 神照着自己的形象，乃是呃照着他的形象造男造女。And God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it." And rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 神就赐福给他们，对他们说，要生养众多，遍满地面，治理这地，也要管理海里的鱼、空中的鸟和地上各样的活物。So now you see、um, the sixth day. 那我们看到第六日。When God talked about God creating man. 那神就讲到啊造人。Now God was giving us. Uh, a hint about what his plan was. Now the earth was filled with life. But that was not the end. What did God say? Be fruitful and multiply. So that was one thing that God said. And then God also said, You are to rule over the fish of the sea. And over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves, every living sorry moves on the earth. 要管理海里的鱼、空中的鸟、地上的牲畜和全地并地上所爬的一切昆虫。So we see that God's plan was that life would fill the earth. 那神的计划就是生命能够充满全地。Not only that life would rule the earth. 那不仅是生命啊会。Will fill the earth, but then man will rule over God's creation. So we see from the beginning, God's plan was that man will rule over his creation. And then when that was all said and done, then on the seventh day, God rested. God's work was complete. Brothers, did you see the whole picture? That was the old creation. But Paul says we are the new creation. But the old creation is only but a picture of God's new creation. So, brothers and sisters, if you think about it, in, the, in chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. 地是昏虚混沌，渊面黑暗
Doesn't this speak about our heart? Before coming to know the Lord, our hearts were formless and void and full of darkness. But thank the Lord that the Lord said, Let there be light. In Him was life, and, the light, and His life was the light of men. So one day, the light of our Lord Jesus Christ shone upon our hearts. And now, finally, there was light in our hearts. So, brothers and sisters, isn't that a wonderful thing? But you see, there was not just light, but then on the second day, we saw that there was water. Certainly, there was the the, the expanse, and then there was water above the atmosphere. And then the waters below. And of course, we know the earth is filled with water. And then the third day, there was vegetation. So, brothers and sisters, if we think about this, why was it that God allowed the process to happen this way? Now we know that there was a very important phenomenon in nature. And that's photosynthesis. So, you know, photosynthesis requires what? Light. Requires water. And requires plants. And then what does the plant do? It takes the, uh, the light, water from the ground, and carbon dioxide. And then the plant is able to convert that to what? To glucose and oxygen. So now glucose on the one hand is for the plant. But God was preparing that life could be prominent on the earth. So the first three days was preparing for the second three days. Because whether it's the fish or the birds or animals or humans, they need oxygen to be able to breathe. But not just oxygen, but also glucose. Now you know that um, uh, the glucose then becomes uh, for the plant to grow. But not only that, but for herbivores, when they, as they ate the plants, then they would absorb the glucose. Then the herbivores could grow. And then eventually one day man would eat meat. And there are carnivores amongst animals. And then they would be able to benefit. So you see, why did God create it in such an order? It's so that there would be life on earth. But not only life, but that life would perpetuate. So this way, ultimately, 
Um, the animals could be fruitful and multiply, the birds could be fruitful and multiply, and man could be fruitful and multiply. So brothers and sisters, from a spiritual sense, the Lord also provides somehow that we may grow up. Uh, we we know about the light. Remember, we we also need the water. Remember, the Lord told the Samaritan woman, "If you drink of this water, you shall thirst again." But if you drink the water that I shall give you, you will no longer thirst. But not only that, God provided the heavenly manna. For the people of Israel, and they lift off of that. But then God said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, in New Testament terms, the word of God, it, the rhema of God, can become our food. So then we grow up. So, brothers and sisters, in the old creation, God created the universe, created the world, prepared the earth so that it could be filled with life. So we see day to day. But then it's very interesting. Uh, and then we it, we come back to... So, so then the question is, what is the process then? Now we know that there is a progression of um, uh, more and more life. It starts with vegetable life, to the birds and the fish, and the animals in the field, and then of course uh, man came to be. But it's very interesting. If you read the process, there is a process. In verse, um, verse uh, 5, And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. And verse 8, and there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Verse 13, and there was the evening, and there was morning, a third day. So on and so forth. So brothers and sisters, in God's plan, the growth of life happens from day to day. But every day, there is evening, and there is morning. So you see that? So we ask the question, is the night an accident? It's not. It's in God's plan. That's part of the growth of life. There was evening and morning one day. So brothers and sisters, we talked about photosynthesis. That's very important for the plant. But when they create this glucose 
and oxygen. Of course, you see, that's great for other animals. As the plants are eaten and the, uh, and the oxygen is breathed, it benefits others. But for the plant itself, it needs a second process. And that's the process of respiration. So, plants also ha- have this respiration, but it's not quite the same thing as breathing. But what they have to do is uh, they take the glucose and the oxygen and then that it gets converted so that the plant itself can grow. It converts it into energy so that the plant could use it to grow. So photosynthesis only happens during the day. But respiration happens both during the day and during the night. But in order for the plant to survive, it still needs the process of respiration at night. So you see, it's not just the day that's important for the plant. The night is important for the plant as well. So brothers and sisters, same thing for us. Now, it's wonderful to have the day. To be able to do things. But we know that the night is also very important for our growth. Of course, less important for us adults. Because now we sometimes just grow sideways instead of growing upwards. <laughs> so for kids, experts tell us the most important part of growth is their sleep. As a matter of fact, if they don't sleep enough, it could stunt their growth. So that's one way to convince your kids to sleep more, is tell them if they don't sleep, they may be short. Why is that? Because all of us have something called human growth hormone. Yeah, HGH. Now, for baseball players, they use that to cheat. Because they hope to recover quickly. But for kids, that's very important to grow taller. But according to experts, 75% of HGH is released at night. And it happens when we go to our deep sleep, which is about an hour after we fall asleep for the first time. So if kids don't sleep well, then this human growth hormone can't be released as freely. So from a a life, earthly life standpoint, we know that the night is very important. So it's not just the day, but also the night. But brothers and sisters, as we look at our own spiritual life, 
when we think about the evening and the morning, both are needed. But from a spiritual standpoint, we know that evening speaks about death. But the morning speaks about resurrection. So, brothers and sisters, often uh, we may talk about the cross. But if we only talk about the cross, but we don't speak of the resurrection, we do that whole the cross a disservice. Because the cross is always unto purpose. So, um, there was evening and there was morning. So we know that this is the process by which God designed for us to be able to grow up. Um, so if you think about this, we've all heard about first the cross, then the crown. First humility, then exaltation. First death and then life. So brothers and sisters, we shouldn't be surprised. Every single day, we should experience the life of death and resurrection. So, because God has a plan, and He wants to do a work in us. So brothers and sisters, that's why it's important for us to understand this matter of the evening. There was the first the evening and then the morning one day. But the good the good news is this. The end is not the night. The end is that there may be light in the morning. And then not just the light. But that there may be life. And that life may grow up. And they may grow into maturity. So then we want to come ask this question. What can we glean from this old creation? So we know there was the first day, the second day, and the third day. So then we should be able to understand a little bit of the work that the Lord is doing in our lives. And as a matter of fact, actually there are seven characters in the book of Genesis that can draw a picture of what these days are speaking of. So we know that the first day, God said, Let there be light. And then we know that God separated the night from the day. So what was God doing in the first day? So he was separating unrighteousness with from righteousness. Sorry, separating righteousness out of unrighteousness. It speaks about the spiritual life versus the carnal life. So remember the story of Abel and Cain? They brought their offerings before God. And then Abel's offering was received by the Lord. 
but Cain's offering was rejected by the Lord. Because what Abel brought before God was something that came out of faith. Now Abel needed to live by faith. Because at that time they didn't eat the lamb. So, so, so um, he needed to live by faith. So God would have to provide for him. But Cain, on the other hand, he was a farmer. He could live by the produce of his, the work of his own hand. So he gave a little extra to the Lord. So you see the contract? One speaks about living by faith. One living by works, dependent on my own life. So what was God showing us? That for us to be right before Him is not by our own works, but by, by faith. So Paul tells us we are justified by faith, not by works. So we see the first day. And then the second day, we saw how the waters were separated above and below. We saw that there is not just right or wrong. Righteousness and unrighteousness. But, but there is also this concept of heaven. So you see the expanse above. What was above the expanse was heaven. So this life is not just a life that is right. But it's also a heavenly life. So that is a life that is um, relating vertically to God. So, brothers and sisters, this is a life that is separate from this world. So we think about the story of Enoch. Very interesting. The Bible says he walked with God for 300 years. But you know, he walked with God when he was 65. What triggered him to start walking with God? Was when he first became a father. So I, I imagine that when he saw this, this child, he said, what do I do? It humbled him. It made him dependent on God himself. And so the Bible says, from that day on, Enoch started to walk with God. He was in the world. He had children. But he was not of the world. He lived a life before the presence of God. And then, after 300 years, he was taken. Because God was so pleased with Enoch that he was raptured. That's a wonderful picture of what rapture means. It reminds us of that the, the first fruits amongst the wheat. Those that are the, the ones that are picked first, 
Their roots are already loose to the ground. So then you can pick it very easily. So same thing. Even though Enoch was a father, but he walked with God. But he was raptured. So we see this matter of not just justification by faith, but also sanctification by faith. How Enoch was able to live a separated life. So that was the second day. And then the third day. We know that the earth appeared from was separated from the water. We know that vegetation came forth. So um, I'm not going to go into details. But in in certain sense in the Bible, the water sometimes uh, is there's a negative aspect. Often speaks about that. And it has to do with um, maybe what happened in the past when um, Satan fell. Remember how the earth was filled with water? And then the Bible says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the water. As if there was no place to land their feet. Now, uh, it should remind us of another story. The story of Noah. Remember when he sent out the dove? And the dove had to come back. Because when there was full when the earth was filled with water, there was it was also filled with dead bodies. So the dove had no place to lay its its feet. It reminds us of the picture in, in chapter one and verse two. And the spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. Because there was so much death that the spirit had nowhere to lay his feet. And of course, we think ahead of the story when one day the Lord Jesus he was baptized and he rose when he came out of the water. And the spirit came as a dove and, and came upon him. So finally, now there was a place that God could lay his feet upon our Lord Jesus. Anyway, so we think of the story of Noah. It speaks about finally when the earth finally appeared the earth was separated from the water there was life and then the dove didn't need to come back so you see this story so this is speaking about life out of death so not only that but brothers and sisters the reason why Noah and his family were delivered because of that ark and that ark speaks about our Lord Jesus it was nothing that Noah and and they did but it is because of the life of the Lord Jesus so that's why Paul said it is no longer I that live 
but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by Him. So it's the story of that ark. So it's that life that needs to live in us. So that life needs to live through us. So you see that. This is the third aspect that the Lord is doing a work in us. But the first three days, it was, in some ways, it was not complete. And then you come to a second cycle. As if you're going through the same uh, experiences again. But it's deeper. And it's fuller. So when you come to day four, you not only have the light separated from the darkness, but now light can be um, uh, um, uh, can be real. So um, it became uh, it, it, it was formed into something. It was something that you could grasp. So that that light became uh, uh, you know the sun encapsulated that light. The same thing with the moon. So it should remind us. It reminds us how um, uh, how our Lord Jesus was the Word. We didn't understand it. We didn't understand who God was. But one day that word became flesh. Became concrete. And that's why John said in 1 John, these things that we have handled and touched. So this life is deeper. You can experience it. You can understand it in a deeper manner. So that's why you see the story of Abraham. Remember, he was lived in the land of idols. And then God called him out of Ur of Chaldea to come into Canaan. So, so he went, came from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So that was Abraham's experience. And then we have the story of Isaac. Now, we know that um, Abraham, he built four altars. But Isaac dug four wells. Isaac was a man of few words. You don't see much of a story of Isaac. But his life was the inner life. It was a deep life. It's a picture of how we are to live, um, how are we to abide in Christ. You have to dig really deep for the well. The question is, are we deep at all? Or are we just surface Christians? Or do we dig the well? to find the water to seek the Lord so now you see this picture we are reminded of Enoch he walked with God Isaac also was one who walked with God and there was this deep life not just waters above 
The waters below. And then we come to Jacob. Now even more abundant life. And we see an even clearer picture. You know that Jacob, he he was a the, the in, in Isaiah the Bible calls him a worm. And his name means supplanter. No, no, supplanter. A grabber. A supplanter is usually a nation that takes over another nation. So when you talk about a government overthrowing another government, that is to supplant. Yeah, so that was Jacob's name. He grabbed on to his brother's heel when he came out from the womb. That defined his life for the rest of his life. So Jacob was a supplanter. And uh, he was one that wanted to conquer the whole world. And uh, um, and of course he che- he cheated his brother. And because he cheated his brother, his brother wanted to kill him. And then he had to go away from home. Now this mama's boy. Now he had to leave. And he had to go uh, to be with Laban. And the Lord, of course, found someone craftier than Jacob and Laban to deal with Jacob. And then to deal with Jacob. And we know Jacob suffered. Instead of just laboring for seven years for Rachel, he ended up getting Leah and then another seven years for Rachel again and then another six years for the livestock and so 20 years 20 years so he um, he suffered but the Lord was doing a work in his life so he was a worm but God revealed something to him the night that he left he, God appeared to him and he saw a heavenly ladder and the angels of God ascending and descending upon that ladder he said wow this is a wonderful place this is the gate of heaven and he called that place Bethel the house of God so Jacob had no concept of what that was but after 20 years the Lord transformed him and we remember the story of how the Lord metamorphosized his life he transformed his life he was like the, the worm that now became a butterfly but through the work of the cross for 20 years so brothers and sisters we see that how Jacob was transformed in his own life 
He was a grabber. He was a supplanter. But now, after God touched him at Penuel, and he w- he became a, he has to start limping. Yeah, remember that every day that every day he needs to live by live by the grace of God. So just like Noah discovered that the ark saved him. Noah uh, Jacob recognized that now God was the one that was one he needed to depend on. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives. So day six, even more abundance, more life. And then finally, day seven, God rested. And when you think about the seventh character, and that's the story of Joseph, Joseph essentially represents the full work of God. We know how he suffered. How he was the the preferred child of Jacob. How he was rejected by his brothers. But then eventually, he rose to the throne. And he ruled over uh, the land. So, brothers and sisters, you see the picture? That um, now Joseph grew up. And he grew up through the things which he suffered. And he was, of course, a wonderful picture of our Lord. But then what happened? He rose to the throne. And he came to rule and reign. So you see that picture? So we, through the seven days, we see justification by faith, sanctification by faith, and glorification by faith. So brothers and sisters, as Paul says, we are the new creation. The old creation should give us a picture of what the Lord is doing in our lives. And we thank the Lord that through this picture, we see that the end is sonship. Not only sonship, but also kingship. So we know not not only are to be to to be grown men and women, but also the Lord said that we would reign with Him. So this is the work that the Lord is doing. And remember that when we read in Genesis chapter one, what was God's plan? Was that man will one day rule the earth? That the glory of God will fill this earth. So, brothers and sisters, one day this earth can reflect heaven. So, brothers and sisters. As we and and uh, um, as we partake of the life of Christ, God's original plan was that man would take of that fruit of the tr- uh, fruit of life. It speaks of the life of Christ. And as that life was full in man, as man learned obedience to the Father. As they were fruitful and multiplied, and then they were at every corner of the earth, 
Then you will find that throughout the whole corners of the earth, there were people that submitted and yielded to the Lord. And then now there will, the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. That was God's plan. And then as man ruled and reigned according to the direction from heaven, then you will find heaven not just in heaven but heaven on earth so we know this is the wonderful work that the Lord is doing but brothers and sisters now we come back but what is that process what, what takes us from one day to the next day and there was evening and there was morning one day and there was evening and there was morning a second day so brothers and sisters um when we uh, if we were to read Hebrews chapter 2 Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 but we do see him who has been made for a little lower than the angels namely Jesus because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and through whom are all things and bring many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering <coughs> 见那成为比天使小一点的耶稣因为受死的苦就得了尊贵荣耀的冠名叫他因着神的恩为了人人常恩死位 so we know our Lord Jesus was glorified. But we know his path was the path of the cross. The Bible says to perfect the author of salvation through suffering. So brothers and sisters, our Lord has gone before us. We know the slave cannot be greater than the master. So, brothers and sisters, the Lord says, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So, brothers and sisters, what did the Lord go through? So, I think it's important that we read there. Matthew chapter 27. Verse 44. And the robbers who had been crucified with him were casting the same insult at him. Now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon the land until the ninth hour. 
And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? So, brothers and sisters, when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, the, the whole darkness fell upon the land. So, our Lord Jesus, because all of our, our sins were upon Him, He was made sin for our sakes. That our father turned his face away from his son. And that's why God said, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? So at that moment, for three hours, the whole land was filled with darkness. So you see, for our sakes, brothers and sisters, we, our Lord Jesus experienced the night of the Lord. So he experienced death for us in order to accomplish the salvation. So he went through death. But that was not the end. But verse 28, chapter 28, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. In verse 6, He is not here, for He has risen, just as He said, Come, see the place where He was lying. But brothers and sisters, let's go back to verse 1 and pay attention. It said, As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, these things happened. Brothers and sisters, the morning was about to come. And then our Lord Jesus rose from the dead. So brothers and sisters, He went through death for us. He went through the dark night of Jehovah. But brothers and sisters, thank the Lord, on the third day, as the day began to dawn, as the sun began to rise, our Lord rose from the dead. So brothers and sisters, our Lord has gone before us through death and resurrection. This life that is in us is the life of death and resurrection. Why death? Why we have to go to death. Brothers and sisters, because we are sinners. If you think about it, remember the earth was formless and void. Full of darkness. And one day that was going to be transformed into a glorious place. Of course, you have to get rid of all that darkness. Right? So, brothers and sisters, we were in darkness. We were full of sin, full of evil. Of course, the cross needs to deal with that. 
We are still fleshly, like the Corinthians. We are still full of self, full of full of the flesh. And I think no place says it better than Galatians chapter five. About what we are. And what we aren't. Um, Okay, so verse uh, 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. But then verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then verse 24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So brothers and sisters, why the cross? Because there's all these negative things that need to be dealt with first. And then, but thank the Lord, as these things die, the life of Christ comes out. What comes out is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's the work of transformation. So brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus went through the evening and through the morning. And the same thing applies to us. There is evening and there is morning the first day, the second day, the third day, until the Lord is able to finish the work that He's looking to do. So, one last uh, point before we conclude. We spoke about the story of Jacob. Now, if you have time, you should go go into the Bible and start reading about the nights in the Bible and the mornings in the Bible. But very clearly from um, the the book uh, uh, um, um, from the experience of Jacob. Genesis chapter 28. And verse 11. And he came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. So now we know that that was the, the night. Uh, that was the time that the night for Jacob started. This is the day that he fled from home because he cheated his brother. And brothers and sisters, uh, and then this sun would not rise 
until Until uh, the story of Penuel, um, uh, lost my reference. Oh, chapter. Um, okay, chapter thirty-two, uh, and verse um, twenty-four. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So we know that sun, the sun had set when he left home. But now the day was breaking. Now God had changed Jacob. Through the experience of the cross. Now God said, You shall no longer be called Jacob. You were the supplanter. You were the grabber. But now you shall be called Israel. Do you know what Israel means? Israel means the one who has striven with God. Who has striven with it, to strive with God. And prevailed. But not only that. Israel, El means God. El, El is, El is the Hebrew for God. El. Now, Zra, Zra, S-R-A, actually, uh, the root is the name Sarah, Abraham's wife. You know what that name means? Princess. So, now, not only he strived with God, but now Jacob has become the prince of God. Brothers and sisters, he no longer, he not only was transformed, he not only grew up, but now he would be able to rule for the Lord. So he has become a prince. So very significant. Chapter 35 and verse 10. says, And God said to him, Your name is Jacob, and you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. Brothers and does it remind you of the story of Genesis? A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come forth from you. And the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you, and I'll give the land to your descendants after you. Uh, 
你就改名为改名叫以色列呃神又对他说我是全能的神你要生养众族就是让我们提醒到第一章的故事将来有一族和多国的多国的民从你而生又有君王从你而生从你而出我所赐给亚伯拉罕和以撒的地我要赐给你